0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast, it's great to have you here. Don't forget, if you're listening via iTunes, we'd love you to post a short review of our podcast and indeed if you've got any comments, send them to us either on Flying Solo or on Facebook or anywhere you like really. Now look, I'm absolutely delighted today to be talking to Darren Rouse, the brains behind ProBlogger. He's a man I've been following with great admiration for a number of years and I'm so stoked to uh, have him on the end of the line. So Darren, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, it's nice to be chatting with you, and I enjoyed watching uh, you develop Flying Solo as well.
1: Oh, there you go. Well, look, it's, we, I don't think we've never met face-to-face, so we must put that to right um, one of these days soon, I hope. But um, now, you're very exciting time for you. You've got another one of your astonishing pro-blogger events coming up in a couple of months, September. How's that? Right. How's that? How's that shaping up so far? You've got a good lineup, I see.
2: Yes, we've got the, all the speakers out this year before we um, release tickets, which was okay. the first time we've ever done that in seven years. Um, is that so, right? Yeah, we, we've always launched without uh, fully naming all our speakers until this year. So uh, we're very excited this year to be slightly more organised, and uh, we've got. so many sessions it's it's quite unbelievable four tracks running at once the whole time so it's it's quite a beast to organize but we're very excited
1: yeah i should think so and look what i love about it and i have a you know I'll, i'll try and make sure this whole podcast doesn't turn into one massive promo but i've got to say i do admire it and what i particularly like about it is that you've got these sort of streams so if you're just starting out you know there's lots of boxes to be ticked for that group if you've been doing it for a while there's another lot for that and i'm sure you know, there's a whole lot of bloggers come along just because they want to connect with a whole lot of other bloggers. Which is, you know, it's a great thing about events, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we've really tailored it this year so that it, people coming with different intents can get something out of it. Whether they're a blogger who's an influencer, or whether they're a business person who has a blog, um, mm. and and we're really trying to uh, cater for both of those markets yeah
1: well I, I shouldn't really be talking to you at all because the truth is you're giving us all sorts of trouble at flying solo because most of our crew just disappear for a weekend and go to your goddamn <laughs> conference so we have to staff up in all sorts of different ways but you know never mind as long as you're enjoying yourself darren that's, the main
2: that's thing. that's right oh we, we greatly appreciate it <laughs>
1: <laughs> so look why don't we let's you touched on something there which is you know there's a few areas i'd like to go actually i'll just slow myself down Let's just get a bit of a snapshot for anybody listening who's not aware of ProBlogger and what you've been doing. How long have you been doing it and what sort of, what reach do you have these days? How big are you?
2: Mm, So I started blogging in 2002 and I was a personal blogger uh, for about a year and a half Mm. um, and gradually began to monetize some niche-focused blogs, one of which was a photography blog and then uh, I was that was 2004 and I was looking around the blogosphere as uh, it was called back then and I mm. guess it still is today by some um, and no one was really talking about how blogs were being monetized and being used by businesses um, for profit and so I decided to start the blog that I wanted to read uh, which is ProBlogger. Mm. Uh, I think that was September 2004 so it's been going for 12 years now um, and it's it's gone up and down but it, it It hit a tipping point very early once I kind of announced that I was a full-time blogger, which was Mm. quite controversial back in the day because blogging was seen as a very personal, pure medium. Um, And so it was quite controversial, polarized people a little, but uh, a lot of other people had that dream, I guess. And so it attracted a lot of other people on that journey.
1: Well, yeah, Um, I guess the thing is when you did make that announcement, you know, it's interesting to say it polarized people, but... What you did is you kind of really, I think, fairly single-handedly sort of legitimized the whole world of blogging because you, you stuck a stake in the ground and said, you know what, you can make a living out of this. And that was, until that time, that was something of a revelation, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, totally, and uh, I, I think a lot of the reaction towards that, you know, I'm a full-time blogger, was either he's lying or <laughs> he, you can't do this ethically because there was a lot of scammy kind of stuff going on on the internet back then, mm. still is today, I guess. But um, I was quite transparent about how I was doing it. I showed a lot of my reports. Yes, and, I remember um, that. and. and I guess there was no arguing with it eventually. A couple of people did continue to argue for many years, but um, most people kind of accepted it uh, at that point and uh, it did legitimize it and a lot of other people joined in pro-blogging.
1: Yeah. And yeah. How, how many people now in your, in your, in your pro-blogger universe?
2: Oh, in that one, um, it's probably around half a million people a month Gosh. will hit the site. That's the blog part, and then there's the podcast as well, uh, which is I think in about a year we're just about coming up on a year, and it's had a, around one point two million downloads of that. Mm. So it's it's always hard to know how how much people are engaging with the content, but uh, yeah, it's it's far beyond what I ever thought it would be.
1: That's amazing, and you still run the photography blog as well, is that right?
2: Yeah, so the photography yeah. blog is probably about ten times as big. That's my main thing, actually. Wow. Uh, okay. And Pro is where I talk about what I'm learning uh, in in that other site, Digital Photography School.
1: Well, I'm blurred. So look, there's a, a couple of points, well, a number of points I want to I want to go through. So the, right back at the beginning, you mentioned this notion of um, a business person who blogs versus somebody who kind of blogs for their. Um, you know the the total vocation. Do you still see that distinction? And uh, you know what, what comments should you have around that? Because I, I I had an email just this morning from somebody who's you know an independent professional. She sells her services, and she's sort of asking me this question: Should I start blogging? You mm-hmm. know, my immediate answer is yes. But what do you when you think of the number of people blogging? Do you how many of them are? I don't know. How do you distinguish between them? Are yeah. they sort of true bloggers and business bloggers? You know, how do you define them?
2: It's a it's a murky one to define. But I guess most of the time, I would say there's probably three types of bloggers that we see on ProBlogger. Firstly, there's the blogger who their blog is their business, and and they may monetize that with advertising or by selling um, an ebook or um, by promoting um, someone else's product as an affiliate. Yep. But the blog itself is what's making the money and i guess they're monetizing their influence uh, in many ways and so um a lot of our attendees at the event are travel bloggers or fashion bloggers and we we have a lot of influencers, i guess they would call themselves but we also see a lot of bloggers come to our event who are accountants or um, lawyers or um, consultants in a in a different area and so they're using their blog to build their profile and then selling their services Uh, And then we also see, not so many at our event, but we do see a lot of people using blogs who are larger businesses, corporate um, businesses, and they're using the blogs more for um, marketing or um, content marketing on a larger scale um, or customer service, uh, news from the CEO, that type of thing. So I guess there's those three types. And they're all monetizing, but they're all doing it very differently, some directly, some indirectly.
1: And how how are the influencers faring these days? I mean, that's... That's a tricky business to get started, isn't it, to actually, I mean, there's there's a number of people who have an opinion and are are capable of writing, you know, quite compelling and engaging copy, but Mm. it's another thing to monetize. How, How are that group doing, do you think, over the years that you've been in the business?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I saw an article today on, on another website saying influencers are dying. Um, it's <laughs> it's a dying business, but I, I think it's booming. And I'm um, I'm married to one. My wife's started in the last two years, and she's grown it from just purely a hobby into a, you know two or three days a week of income already, um, part time while uh, kids are at home as well. So yeah. I'm seeing um, people still enter into the game and 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 do quite well out of it. Uh, certainly a lot of competition and uh, a lot of the competition competition these days is coming from celebrities or mainstream media who yeah. are doing very similar types of things um but i think people are always looking for those fresh voices um it's the same with television radio we don't see the same presenters for years and years there's always f- fresh people coming through um and breaking through and, and people looking for that so there's always new ways mm. um, and new people breaking through
1: well look i guess the blogger that's married to darren rice has darren rice has got to have you know something of a, a leg up so I'm, I'm very pleased that your but <laughs> With hers, and I'd be, you know, I think you'd be keeping quiet if she wasn't. So I'm very happy that she is. But if there's someone that's starting, kind of, or thinking of starting now as an influencer, and you must get people coming up to you all the time with, you know, asking that sort of thing. What do you? What do you say? Do they, you know? This uh, I'm trying to sort of link it to what you said a few moments ago about your events, where in the past you've not announced your speakers, which I actually always assumed was a really clever strategy. And now you've delightfully said that it's because you were in those years sort of pulling the speaker line up together, and now you've shifted that. But so with, with this sort of model with a, an influencer who's starting, do you say to them, look, you've just kind of got to get it up there and get started and see? Or do you say to them, you know, how much, how much kind of pre-research and pre-planning can they do before they can determine if they're actually going to build something viable.
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one. You, you do need to put it out there um, and wait and see. But there are things I guess you can do um, in terms of a bit of research, um, even as simply as looking on Amazon to see what books are being written about the topic. If there's books on it, um, there's demand for uh, that that sort of content um you know google keyword research is Mm. you know as possible as well but there's only so far you can research um because a lot of it will come down to your ability to communicate and your willingness to get off your blog and promote it in other places as well Uh, and there's probably a bit of luck Mm-hmm. Uh, associated with it as well. you know it's amazing how many times you bump into the right person at the, r- the right time. Um, I think one of the keys though with bloggers today and because there's so many blogs on every topic, and so it's really about trying to work out how to position yourself. Um, and a lot of it comes down to your voice. I think, yeah. uh, and the position you take on the, on the topic, a lot of uh, there's a lot of tech blogs who are talking about every new gadget that comes out, but they're all talking about it in the same way. So it's about mm. trying to find a new way to come um, at that particular topic. And um, you know, one uh, one example I use quite often is Nerd Fitness, um, <laughs> which is a fitness blog. There's thousands of those out there, but um, he decided to. Create a, a fitness blog for nerds and he gamified it. So his voice yeah. was very nerdy. You get points if you do a certain amount of push ups and all that. That's his program. And that really appealed to a different um, demographic who'd been ignored. Um, mm. if you look at most fitness blogs, they're all exactly the same. They all have the same chiseled kind of abs on the front. Sure. And, you know, people like me can't relate to that, <laughs> but I can relate to, to you know, gamifying one. it.
1: Yeah. So when you, when you talk about voice there, clearly you're talking about the written voice, the tone of voice, not the audio voice necessarily, yeah. although it can be both. But, so uh, there, you're sort of alluding there then that, that increasingly the challenge is to really be very, very crystal clear about your niche. And what I heard in there is that you know the broad niches. Uh, would you say those days are over?
2: It's possible. It's
1: very um, tricky though,
2: and that's where mainstream media is doing really well. Um, mm. And we do see. A number of blogs doing quite well in Australia that are more serving a demographic than a topic than exploring a topic. And I think it's probably easier as a single um, solo blogger uh, when you're just starting out to really choose something quite nichey yeah. um, and to be you know the big fish in that small pond rather than trying to be um, you know a big fish in a big pond, it's it's really difficult to compete with some of those larger sites.
1: Yeah, true. And and I guess, you know, one of the, the most beautiful things about blogging, assuming that you enjoy writing, and I might come back there in a second, is that it's something that these days, you know, we can get started at with very low cost. And we mm-hmm. can put a toe in the water and find our voice and see what resonates. And presumably, you know, at your event, you will have a number of people that sort of sit in that category where they're just getting used to sort of flexing their um, they're blogging muscles as opposed to necessarily even having any kind of look on the uh, the finance radar
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, 10% of our attendees last year hadn't started a blog yet So we oh, okay. we get right the full spectrum right through to you know about 10% have been blogging for over 10 years So you, you see everyone there um, And it's really exciting because mm. you know from that that year when they're they're not they're still you know working it out um, the, to the next year you know sometimes people actually are you know at a part-time level uh, income wise and have built some really exciting things uh, so yeah it's it's not impossible to break through fairly quickly a bit of luck and and it's probably a lot of it's about who you know as well uh, who else is in that niche if you're doing something interesting bloggers will link to you and, the, yeah. and it's it is competitive but it's um, collaborative as well and, and that's the exciting thing yeah
1: about it. you also mentioned then the, the sort of profiling or the profile growing category which I guess there are a lot of the people that are within our community where the people that Mm -hmm. are independent professionals they have a particular service that they're selling for a fee you know in in simple terms Mm. and kind of blogging alongside that and that blogging seems to fit so beautifully into that sphere because it gives the uh, that individual the chance to again kind of share their voice so do you see Do you see much of a growth? I mean, again, talking in terms of your audience at your event, there must be a whole stack of people in that sort of um, scenario, presumably.
2: Oh, totally. And I think... You know, in some ways, I think there's it's easier to do that because you've um, got stories at your fingertips, whether you know it or not already as a mm. business person in in the client interactions that you have, the questions your clients are asking you, the, those things can very easily be turned into content, um, even using your uh, clients as examples with their permission, of course. Um, mm. There's a great um, blog called, I don't know if it's still going uh, at the moment, but I, I used to read it called In the Dough. Um, it's a um, a bakery, mm. and and they review their clients. They sell bread into restaurants, oh, okay. Um, and so they review the restaurants, and they talk about the food in the restaurants, including their own bread. Um, and so you know they realised that they had all this content right in front of them every time they delivered bread. There was a story on the other end of it, and so. Being able to find those types of stories is one of the trickiest parts of blogging. And um, as a as a business, you've got those stories right there, very often. Yeah,
1: and I guess – and that's, uh, I'm sure, a part of your event will be kind of looking at that. I know I've had a look at your lineup and seen some of the people you've got. These are people that are already, um, you know, doing very well in that space, crushing it, I think a few of them are saying. <laughs> um, you know, and there's – so, you know, that, that's half the secret, isn't it, is when you're in the business is actually – kind of being conscious of what actually is it that I can talk about? What is my story? Where is my story? That's right. And and uh, it's about, I guess it's
2: a partly a mindset type thing. You don't realize those stories that are floating by you every day. But once you start blogging, you I know once I started blogging, I started seeing stories everywhere I went. It was very easy to come up with them because I was just on the lookout for it. So you just got to you know, look for the myths that you can bust, the questions that you're asked, the problems that you see people having, and those things very quickly become blog posts or podcasts or mm-hmm. videos, um, infographics, uh, all of which can be used on a blog. And that's one of the great things about blogging today. It's quite different to when I started. When I started, um, it was just text and today it's so many more things
1: but can it can it also can it be just text i mean are there plenty of bloggers yeah okay fine
2: yeah and that's part of finding your voice i think uh really it comes down to your personality are you more comfortable speaking or writing or are you more of a visual person there's incredible freedom today to uh take all those different styles that we have and and explore them and and even weave them together
1: Mm. tell me what do you say to the blogger i'm assuming that um, one of them must sidle up to you with a story like this now and again. That's that's kind of says to you, Darren. I've been been writing every month for the last two years, and I've uh, been you know putting my blog posts out on Facebook, and I've been publishing a newsletter, and nobody comments, nobody. Feed. What what would do you meet that person, and if so, what do you say to them?
2: Yeah, look, it's it's quite regular, and you know, I think it's something that most bloggers go through those those patches, even when they might have a spike in traffic, and then it sort of d- dies down again. Often it dies down to a, a higher degree than it once you know was before hmm. the spike, but it does plateau at different points, so it can become incredibly frustrating. I think a lot of the time it's about trying to pivot. Um, I'm a big believer in experimenting with different types of posts. So you may get into a bit of a rut of always doing the same type of post. So mixing it up with some different styles of content, different formats, maybe a video, uh, maybe some audio, maybe getting quotes from other people and and just experimenting with the style, but also the topics that you're writing about. And then looking at where the little sparks of um, opportunity come back to you. You will find over time that you know, one of your posts will rank really high in Google. So then you need to go and analyze what what was behind that. Or one post will get shared on Facebook a lot. And and you start to see certain things trigger a response with your audience. And that's, Mm. that's where you need to evolve and pivot um, what you're doing.
1: Yeah, okay. And look, with your with your own photography blog, and I I confess, uh, and I apologize, I didn't realize how large that was It's incredible. Um, How do you how do you sort of Break up your week these days. I mean you, you you do a lot of stuff So how do you you know, how does a blogger a successful blogger like you? How do you kind of manage your time?
2: Yeah, look until about three or four years ago, I was a solo blogger. I uh, had occasionally, I, I would have someone come in and help with a, and, you know the different aspects of what I was doing as a contractor, but uh, today, I've got a little bit of a team, and so I've, I have transitioned more into managing uh, that team, um, but I'm splitting my time between the two blogs, and then uh, on ProBlogger, particularly, I'm spending more and more of my time in podcasting um, I'm really enjoying that, that mm. particular medium, the speaking. That was my first love in communication was public speaking, and so it's enabled me to get back into that a little bit more. Um, but a lot of it is um, in terms of the content, I try and divide my time into three areas, uh, idea generation, creation, and completion. I find that if I try and do a whole blog post in one sitting, I, I get stuck. So I need to sit down and put some time aside to brainstorming lots of ideas at once. And then I batch write, so I might write three posts in a morning, hmm. and then in the afternoons I'll come back and edit those posts, complete them, find pictures, um, give them a bit of a copy edit, look at some search engine optimization on them, and, and finish it and schedule them.
1: And it's, that sounds very much like you're holding that still close to your heart. I didn't get the sense there that you're outsourcing those three areas, is that right?
2: Outsourcing the editing more, if anything.
1: Um, So I've got someone who
2: proofreads um, and schedules these days, but um, I'm still involved, I guess, in trying to find some images and get them formatted right. The other two parts of it I'm probably a little bit more um, precious about, although we do have guest writers on both of the blogs. In fact, Digital Photography School is completely written by other people now.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, but when you're brainstorming this is Darren's brain that's being stormed. It's not you're not kicking <laughs> You're not kicking ideas around with other people
2: a little bit. Um, sometimes okay. it's just me um, We do a lot of surveying of our readers and that's where we get a lot of our ideas um, Just ten minutes ago before I got on um, with you I was ta- talking on LinkedIn with a group that we run trying yep. to get people's challenges uh, So yeah, I, I'm trying to pull a lot of those ideas out of my readers
1: fantastic well, I mean that that's so wonderful that we, the I guess what you're showing there, and we we you know happily experienced that some of that also on flying solo is when you've got, you know, a group and a community, you don't have to generally look too far to find out what things people are interested in, what's keeping them awake at nights, what do you need to be writing about. So clearly, you're very immersed in it um, with within your own business.
2: Mm, one of the things I try and do is think about. Uh, we create a, a reader avatar, which is fairly common. Most, most um, publications have a reader in mind that yeah. they're trying to target. We have a – that's our before shot. We also have an after avatar. So where oh, do we want to okay. take our readers? Uh, I think that's a very powerful thing. Even if you don't have readers, you can come up with your hypothesized before and after shot of your reader, and then you start to fill in the gaps. What do they need to know to become the after um, and mm. that then becomes your content. Um, and do, so you, that-
1: do you actually literally do that with every piece then? You have a, this is who the person is at the beginning of it and this is who I want them to be at the end of it?
2: it for me, it's probably more about the, the blog. So their journey with the blog after oh, okay. a year, they will be that after. Um, yeah, okay. But you could do that very well with, with the blog post as
1: well. Fantastic. So that's an, uh, I'm going to segue that neatly back to your event then. So who is the ideal person coming to your event and what are they going to leave with?
2: So there's the two groups and they do sit side by side really well. And actually there's some opportunities that come out of having both influencers there and um, businesses who want to learn how to blog as well. And so we we are trying to attract both groups. And um, partly that's because we, who we know we can help, but partly because um, when those two groups sit beside each other, all kinds of win-win collaborative kind of opportunities come. And if you're you're a business person, um, you will be sitting next to someone who may be an influencer who could help you to grow your business. Mm. If you're an influencer, you may be sitting next to a business person who may be able to, you know, work with you on some sort of a collaboration as well. Um, So both groups, um, we've got speakers this year coming in from around Australia, but also a few coming in internationally. We've got Brian Fanzo this year, who's um, world-renowned live streaming. He's on big on facebook live periscope some of those uh, live video um, tools Uh, so he's one of our keynoters. we've got dan norris uh, who's a serial entrepreneur yes i love uh, dan he's amazing we've got um ed dale who's fantastic on copywriting um jim stewart who's great on uh, search engine optimization nathan chan who's good on lead generation and instagram so we try and cover Mm. a wide spectrum um of of um topics And run simultaneous uh, sessions, so you do get some choice in that. Um, People get to, you know, unlimited learning over those two days. um, And included in your ticket is a virtual pass, which gives you all the recordings of all the sessions as well, including all the slides. So if you miss one, or you want to go back to one, uh, you can go back to that as well. Yeah, and and there's also. sorry carry on so i was just going to say there's also workshops and keynotes and breakout sessions so we we try and have different sized um options for you as well so there's a bit more interaction in some of those workshop styles. that's fantastic classes.
1: i must remember the last um flying solo live or Ind- independence day event that we ran i remember uh we were exhausted at the end of it which i'm sure i'm quite sure yeah. you will be at the end of yours and someone came up to me and said oh this was just the best event and, she's, and this woman said, you know the best bits? I said, no, which, which were the best bits? I'm dying to know. She said, the coffee breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So we spent, spent 10 months getting speakers lined yeah. up and booking venues, and it's the coffee breaks. But isn't that the truth? You know, it's, it there's is. so much that's done in the breaks and the networking, and I know you have some sort of pre-event networking. Um, that's where so much of the magic happens because – you know, you guys have put all the effort to have the right people in the room, which is fantastic. Mm. So and you you find you'll be sitting next to someone and they look like a normal
2: person, but they've got, you know, <laughs> 300,000 Facebook fans or, you know, yeah. they've got a million Pinterest fans. And, and so the wealth of knowledge in the room is extraordinary.
1: All uh-huh. right. Tell me about it. I, I yes, I remember. I met. I shared a cab back with uh, Nathan Chan, who I know is um, speaking at your event, and that was one of those situations. And uh, I think I think I'm probably two or three times his age. I'm not sure which, but uh, we were sitting in the in this cab and uh, talking about you know ooh, all our various social networks, and then Nathan told me how many Instagram followers he had, yeah. which was something absolutely bizarre. Can't remember what it was, but I um I think I went very quiet then. <laughs> but anyway um, so you mentioned the third group then are these sort of um, corporates or marketing people so will there be a few people in dark suits hanging around in the corners or do they we, participate much
2: we don't have a whole heap of um, suits at the event it's fairly casual mm. um, and fairly informal but we um, we do have look some partners we have Virgin Australia one of our sponsors and Olympus and so we've got some larger brands there who are obviously wanting to meet our influences as well and they subsidize the cost of the event and then there are are a few others who, who come along as well um, as um, on what we call our brand ticket and we have have that there uh, for people who really want to come and just meet the influencers, and mm. so that you'll see that's an option on our um, uh, ticketing page too
1: and i bet you'll have a few people there that just aren't saying that their ticket was paid for by their employer Possibly. but anyway <laughs> well look so let's just um, be clear on that so this is the uh, pro blogger training event it's happening on the gold coast everyone On the 9th and 10th of September, if you move quickly, and that is by the end of June, this financial year, tickets are $499. And uh, as Darren mentioned, there's a number of sort of add-ons that you can have. And there's fantastic events, whether you're starting in podcasting, already doing it and want to do more, or just love surrounding yourself. Sorry, did I say podcasting? Blogging. Um, (laughs) Or want to surround yourself with the number of people that are doing extremely well at it. And get yourself along there. The place to go is probloggerevents.com. So now let's just imagine, Darren, I'm talking to you. You started when two thousand and four, so I'm not very good at maths. So that's about twelve years ago. Um, let's just ourselves forward ten years. what's 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 kind of what do you see for Darren Raw and ProBlogger in the next decade?
2: Well, I just a few days ago said on, on my personal Facebook page that I've got a dream of starting another podcast, um, which has nothing to do with business or, or podcasting. And so, I don't really know what that topic would be, but that's, that's something I, will, um, I've, I guess I've fallen in love with that medium and would love to mm. do more of that. Um, there's probably another book in me at some point as well, probably not on the topic of blogging as well. I'm, 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 I've got a, a domain called Feel Gooder. Oh, um, which is all awesome. about, um, when I first launched it, it was all about helping people to um, feel better but be mm. better. Um, and it's it's not active at the moment. And so I guess part of the dream is to get back to that.
1: Um, yeah, okay. That's yeah. lovely, isn't it? A lovely thing to have um, just some ideas sitting there waiting to be, you know, I, I think of them as nice little sort of plants sort of waiting to be uh, watered and fertilized but um, not just yet, Just just keep them alive. Yeah that's right nurture for a bit i also read somewhere that i think um i think something we have in common we both do a lot of walking i think you do a lot of walking (laughs) is that right
2: yeah i probably a year and a half ago decided to walk for an hour every day as Mm. kind of an attempt to um have a bit of space away from work and and get a bit healthier but uh, that's where i fell in love with podcasting
1: is that right
2: listening to podcasts Yeah,
1: yeah okay interesting and so you're still doing that sort of walking
2: most days, um, my goal is ten thousand steps a day. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, snap. Me too. Well, maybe one day we should. You're in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. Maybe we. I'm not sure where is in the middle. Canberra? No, probably <laughs> not. Anyway, we'll 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 maybe we'll go for a walk together one day. That will be great. Um, Darren Rass, thank you so much for joining us. So, ProBloggerEvents.com is a place to go. Thank you very much for sharing your time with the Flying Solar community and uh, have a great event. Thanks very much.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.